Hello, my name is Anita Posh and this is the Bitcoin for Fairness series of the Anita Posh Show. In this show, we talk about the role Bitcoin plays in enabling economic empowerment for individuals and communities by providing fair and open access to a global financial network. My guest today is Esteban de la Peña, founding partner at Ibex Mercado, a Bitcoin brokerage and payment service provider in Guatemala. Hello to the team. I met some of you in El Salvador, where Ibex Mercado is building Bitcoin infrastructure for businesses. As always, you can watch this interview on YouTube or you can listen to it in a podcast app. I recommend you'll try one of the lightning-enabled podcast apps like the Breeze Tech Wallet or the Sphinx Chat app. A big thank you goes out to the Human Rights Foundation and Leden.io for sponsoring the Bitcoin for Fairness initiative. And now, a short word from my sponsors and then on to the show. Enjoy! Living on crypto is easier than you think with Bitrefill. Choose from over 4,000 gift cards and mobile top-up options from around the world. I used Bitrefill to top up my phone when I was visiting Zimbabwe. It was easy, worked like a charm and I even earned sats back. Pay with Bitcoin, Lightning, Ethereum, Dash, Tether over Tron and many more options. No account is necessary. Join the thousands of users around the world who are living on crypto today using Bitrefill. Join now at bitrefill.com and start earning sats back with each purchase. That's bitrefill.com. Learn Bitcoin will teach you the why and how to use Bitcoin. Anita is one of the preeminent Bitcoin educators. Her book represents an invaluable contribution to the Bitcoin knowledge. Nick Carter, partner, Castle Island Ventures. Order your copy now at learnbitcoin.link. That's learnbitcoin.link. Did you know that leaving your keys on centralized exchanges is extremely risky? Not only are you giving up your privacy, but you also give up total control of your funds. The best time to take back control is now. Go to sovereign.app and never again ask for permission to use your money. That's S-O-V-R-Y-N dot app. Hello, Esteban de la Peña. Welcome to the Anita Post Show. Hi, Anita. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure being here. It's a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, uh, thank you very much. I didn't know that. That's even more nice to meet you than here uh, online uh, in this interview. <laughs> So, Esteban, please introduce yourself to our listeners. So, my name is Esteban. I am um, the Chief Business Development Officer at Ibex Mercado. In Ibex, what we do is uh, we're a Bitcoin services company based in Guatemala. And uh, we started uh, back in 2018. And uh, 2019 is really when it grabbed traction uh, our Bitcoin brokerage service. And now we've evolved a lot throughout uh, the opportunity that El Salvador gave us. And um, yeah, I'm excited to be in this space. I've, I've been um, a Bitcoiner since quite some time now, since 2014 is when I came in. It's been a journey, you know. I, I started Bitcoin, did the all, all the other alt stuff, came back to Bitcoin. And it's been an interesting um, journey from there of, of how to learn. And it's just always impressive. It never ends. 
It's a classic, classic, uh, discovering Bitcoin, going to altcoins and back to Bitcoin. What were the reasons? Why did you go back to Bitcoin only? Well, you notice at one point that that's the only thing that really works. <laughs> Everything <laughs> else is just noise. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and that takes some time to notice that, yeah. But on the other hand, there are a lot of people who are really just in for the money and they don't care. They go to crypto.com and just play around and are happy when they make a little bit of money. But, you know, in the end, it, I think it's not sustainable in the future as a, as, as really projects or blockchains, uh, that, that really, uh, change the world in a way as Bitcoin will do. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest, like articles or blog posts that really changed my position in there and helped me digest all this was actually um, the Gigi with uh, Bitcoin is time. And you do notice at one point that you're exchanging the only real limited thing you have in life, which is your time uh, for something unlimited. And, and that's when you change to the Bitcoin standard. And then, and then you start noticing that all the other things are really just, you know, working on a platform to, get you more fiat and and I don't think that's the whole point of it right um in, in coming being here in, in in I think in Guatemala and having grown up in in Germany gave me a different perspective and things and it helped me understand that for this region Bitcoin is extremely important and it's a really a necessity more than a luxury mm -hmm. um Yeah, I mean, you, you're just talking about these differences, which are very interesting, as you say, because you were born and raised in Germany. So um, what would you say are the biggest differences? What are the biggest problems for people in Guatemala? Well, um, the, the difference to, for, for Latin Americans to really understand this is they believe, like many other things in, that has happened in history, or pretty much every other technology that has arrived in Guatemala, for Guatemalans and Latin Americans is like, Uh, you know, it's that's a first world thing. It has to first hit there before it's actually useful here. And for the first time, it really is different for us. It's more important for us to understand this first and, and lead in this aspect. And that is one of the exciting things of El Salvador, you know, uh, be it what it may on the political side, but uh, it's just on the technological side, what the Pandora's box is open and there's no way to close it, right? So uh, it's just interesting to un uh, watch it from the side and, and being able, you know, to, to actively participate in it as well. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the daily problems uh, of people in, in Guatemala or El Salvador with their money? There's not enough. <laughs> Simple as that. It's never enough, yeah. But of, of course... Of course, it's much less than, than we have here in, in European countries, yeah? Yeah, and, and, and this is, you know, it's a real fight and I, for, for survival. And I think it's difficult to relate if you've never been in that position because it's a very uncomfortable one and I wouldn't, um, you know, wish it to anybody. And, and bear in mind, I'm speaking here from a position of, of, of privilege and I'm very, very aware of that. Um, But exactly because of that, um, the reason I came into this back in 2014 was I co-founded a fintech and we wanted to do like the PayPal for Guatemala in that point in time. And I had started understanding and go, you know, deep into the causation and, and, and how to 
relieve uh, financial inclusion. And uh, I understood that it's just a business model problem. Like there's no reason for a bank to really push financial inclusion because the bank needs money to for its business model. And push in, in a place where there's no money and that's exactly the lack thereof is, is the issue. It's just not uh, the correct balance, right? Um, and then, you know, they have their own challenges as institutions, as, you know, just very normal challenges. They're a business as any, as any other business. Um, and then I, I noticed uh, Bitcoin. I, I read about it and, and it took me a while to understand it as deeply as I do now. But in that point in time, it was just the experience was very uncomfortable. You know, I had to wire some money to Japan to buy Bitcoin. It was a whole three months experience where you didn't know where your money was. And you were staring at this screen on your phone just to see a little magic number pop up, but you didn't know if it would or not. And, you know, uh, it was horrible. <laughs> but, um, you know, still then just the idea of, of, of this digital cash and, and peer-to-peer um, exchange of value really came to, to like it exploded my mind this is what you need for real financial inclusion it's the only way to get it if you don't have an intermediary and it's all out of um necessity that it brings that it pushes itself um and that's the interesting part of bitcoin and and, and going back to the point before of why i also started to focus only on bitcoin is um to add value to a network it's very difficult. You, it's not only about users or uh, programmers or nodes. Even it's it's really a, about the fact that every person that or every element that comes into the network actually adds value to it. And 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 that's the interesting part with Bitcoin because every user that comes in and understands it adds value to this network, real value, real volume real uh, conviction and understanding and um, the interesting part is exactly that that you can come from two different perspectives Bitcoin as as an asset or Bitcoin as a monetary rail which is what El Salvador is bringing up so um, yeah you know it's it's I could I could keep on going into this yeah do it do it (laughs) there's no halt okay I think you know um that's why it really is a necessity here. But the problem is, and, and what challenges me most, is understanding this part and also understanding that um, exactly the people that need it most are the people that are more difficult to reach. Um, on a practical side, on an educational side, on a regulatory side, you know, um, for example, as IVEX, all our, as partners, we have this very clear, but we're not able to receive cash. So, and, and we cannot receive cash because then we put the whole operation in, in, in uh, at risk. So at one point, I'm sure we're gonna be able to manage this. Um, Avra, for example, who's also here in Guatemala, they, they've managed a, a solution. I'm, I'm very proud of that. So they, they're pushing those, those type of limits and I'm sure we're gonna get there at some point, but you know, it's, it's just not as straightforward. So, um, I think as, as, as long as you grow in general, um, at one point it does reach uh, all the people. And the most interesting part is the monetary and the collateral side. When we 
disassociate the um, need to have a financial track record to achieve or, or to get better financial tools. Um, and that's going to be a super drive, I think, when, when they understand that they can use their Bitcoin as a collateral. So that's what I see in the future. Yeah, definitely. But um, what I didn't understand now, you said uh, Ibex Mercado cannot uh, receive cash. Or, or what I, I did? What do you mean by that? You can't receive cash. You only hold Bitcoin, or no? We you can only transact with us on a traditional financial level, like an, a trans, uh, an, um, bank transfer, or okay, or with a check which we still have checks, but that's like a bank transfer <laughs> on a piece of paper. Um, but nobody can go like into the bank and deposit us like a big chunk of cash into the account because then everything, or even just a little amount, even a hundred quetzales or 200. Is this, is this because of KYC regulations? Yeah. And the bank regulations. Okay. And I guess that was also one of the reasons that you saw Bitcoin, uh, makes a huge sense when you started your first, uh, fintech company in Germany, right? Yeah. No, the fintech company started here in Guatemala. It wasn't Guatemala. Ah, sorry. Yeah. It wasn't Guatemala. Um, yeah, that's, 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 I think one of the main reasons, right? Because, um, I started understanding the complexity in, um, going to this type of markets, you have, you need a lot of people, a lot of like brick and mortar, um, infrastructure, which makes it super lazy, super, um, expensive. And then at the end, obviously, you know, the interest rates for the credit for the loans are super high and uh, the collateral that needs to be used is, um, just very privileged, right? You need to have a piece of land. You need to have some type of steady income. Um, and that's the only way that you can you get a collateral to give out a loan. So, mm -hmm. so you, ca you can't, al you also can't like, uh, uh, found a startup very easily because, um, if you don't have property or any other assets, um, then you won't get it. And, and as you said before, those credit lines, like, um, the, how is it called? Um, when they estimate if you're worth a loan, um, they have long uh, financial track records of you, right? The banks. But with Bitcoin, you just have to present it. You have the asset and there is no history needed in that sense, which makes it, again, more fair than the current system. Exactly, exactly. And it's all just about understanding. So that's, I think, the, the power of the idea behind this is so, it's just unmeasurable because um, the person just needs to understand that you need to save in Bitcoin. And at one point, you'll be able to have a better collateral. And you're definitely going to be there faster in Bitcoin than, you know, saving up for a piece of land, right? Yeah. And that's why I always say it's not about investing. I all, always hear invest, invest. That's not the right term in my uh, opinion. It's saving. We just save in Bitcoin and that's it. And and uh, because investing sounds so sophisticated too. I mean... Uh, you don't need to be an investor in that way, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's also its biggest um, challenge, right? It's just because it's so simple. 
for people to understand <laughs> that it's really that simple. Yeah, it's funny because on the one hand, it's really simple. And on the other hand, it's very complex if you want to understand it. But I mean, the general person doesn't need to understand how it really works. And I think uh, in the future, most people, it's like sending an email. You don't know the protocols that are used to send an email or which networks, you just do it. And I guess this will be the same with Bitcoin in a few years. Yeah. Yeah, and when you li leave it, like live it and, and you have the full experience, the advantage is, is if you go deeper into the rabbit hole, you'll gain more conviction. And, and, and with that, your saving will, you know, represent the bigger or more important part in your life, but it's up to you, right? And it's the thing that's, it's time that takes you there. Like it's, it's everybody has their own journey. That's why it's so interesting because, It, there's no way you can push this. Just has to, it'll happen, whatever happens, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, Guatemala is—is—is is, is it a big country? I think you have 18 million inhabitants. We're the biggest in Central America, yeah. Oh, the biggest, but then it's not very—it doesn't have a high density of population density, right? When it's the biggest and with 18 million. Yes, good Latin American countries. Uh, we're all very urban focused, so you have like one big city and that's where everybody is and in the countryside it's it's very dispersed but you know there, it's growing and I, I think it's definitely growing um you have more urban centers growing i can see also more um investment growing i know it sounds a little bit weird but you have you know nicer malls and in, 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 in other uh towns like you know the capital cities of the of the departments of mm -hmm. the states um so the, it's growing it's growing the, the interesting part of guatemala when it's always safe like pushed it is that we produce a lot um we are definitely one of the bigger producers the industry is very strong here um agro industry is very strong and it has its positive and its negative sides but you know from difference you know from from many other countries uh, like let's say Nicaragua or Honduras where they have a lot of corruption in Nicaragua especially I mean that, that it's the government is completely corrupt and taking over the, the full-on dictatorship there with there um, they don't produce that much um, our industry has uh, generationally been very strong so the government has been kind of kept been able to be kept in 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 a little box kind of thing because there's a lot of money moving around here. So the, the industry has a, a very strong hand on, on politics, although they're losing it because at the end, what it becomes is a war of capital, right? And um, all the drug money is just a lot of money. And they're slowly, slowly eating up in the government and taking positions. And, and, and so, I mean, corruption here is a, is a thing. It's a thing. But it's still one of the countries where you can freely produce, sell your goods, and 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 you know create generational wealth. It it works in a way. Obviously, it's very segmented, right? But in general, you you still have that dream. You can go from zero to a hundred in Guatemala. I think that's one of the things that that drive this industry. I've uh, seen some numbers like in 2014, I didn't find uh, more recent ones, but in 2014, only 30% of Guatemalans had access to a financial account. 
Yeah, and and uh, the trading volume on local bitcoins and Paxful, the peer-to-peer platforms, increased twenty-two uh, percent from twenty twenty to twenty-one, which is actually re- huge, isn't it? Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen that one. You really, that that's super nice to hear. Um, yeah, you know, in 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 general, when I when I did the whole fintech and I, I looked at the numbers, sixty percent were on bank. Um, we could say maybe 50% now or maybe less, I don't know, but um, it's definitely a lot of people that are unbanked and what it generates is this um, difficulty for the informal economy to integrate into the formal economy and it also hinders you to grow, although I'm not a big proponent of government, but in general, right, if you don't pay taxes, then uh, streets are not being built and all that type of stuff. and because the economy, the informal economy is so strong, if if you never push it to the formal one, you'll never get all this benefit. So we have a beautiful country, but it's really running just in 40% of its power, let's put it this way. That's an interesting thought, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because um, now you were talking about formal and informal businesses. What I learned in El Salvador, uh, because I mean, I'm European, you know, I don't know what's going on there, to be honest. But what I've learned is that it's actually easier for the informal businesses to uh, use Bitcoin because they only have to install a wallet on their phone and they can uh, receive Bitcoin. But the businesses who pay tax already and maybe uh, even have other digital payment um, methods like credit cards and things like that to accept um, money from their customers, They, for them it's com- totally difficult because uh, first they don't know what Bitcoin is. In El Salvador, there's no education, there's no infrastructure. <clears throat> Where do you buy a hardware wallet in um, El Salvador? Yeah? So those businesses have the bigger trouble, I think, because the clients or like Bitcoin tourists like us come and say, hey, can I pay with Bitcoin? And they don't know how to uh, implement that. Yeah. So that's interesting, actually. And um but as you say, yeah, um, getting them from uh, informal to non-informal. It is. And I think you mentioned a very important part because um, it is a strong juxtaposition, right? Um, for, for the informal one, it's easier to accept because they just have to download a wallet. But it's more difficult to understand because of their educational level, right? And, and their necessity. So... For them, it's super abstract in a sense that they've only grown and been used to to the tactile part of of money. Um, The formal has this regulatory issues, but there I think the adoption curve has grown um, exactly because of the service we brought up. uh, It's called IWIX Pay, so that allows you to receive Bitcoin payments and it gives you a nice Excel sheet so your accountant is happy and we do all that thing. So we've seen a lot of growth there because it's easier for them to understand. You, you just explain it as a new, you know, um, channel to receive money. And then most of our customers hold dollars then in their account because that's the service that we do. So it'll it's an interesting position because then somebody has to explain to them here. And I think there's way more value for the informal economy to adopt Bitcoin. Let me be clear on that because the effect is going to be super strong. But who is going to invest in education? 
who is going to invest, you know, in all this one-to-one, then you have to go one person to one person. It's a lot of like ant work that you have to do, a very lot of communal work that is not necessarily, um, you know, appreciated in all in all, because you do like get into this awkward situations where then they feel they're being pushed into something that will take something out of them or, you know, the whole savior complex that you have at some point that, and, and, and they want to protect themselves from that, which is very fair because historically, you know, society hasn't been good to uh, the bottom of the pyramid. So, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting aspect of, of, of the dynamics of, of what's going on. It's, it's, you know, what just for me, like blows my mind. It's that it's already working. Like it really is in motion. Back in 2014, it wasn't. 2015, 16, it just wasn't there, right? And now, since uh, the El Salvador Bitcoin law it really brought it into motion, and and you can see the wheels are turning, and and people are calling you more often and asking you about yo the thing you talked to me about 2015. <laughs> you know, I've seen the price and or just different experiences. So it's interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting to hear from you that you get more feedback, like from people outside the company or for, for from from businesses who need your service. Um, what do you in general think or say about uh, or what's your opinion on the Bitcoin wallet, the Chivo wallet in El Salvador? And uh, without without going to into politics, because we don't talk about politics, but. I mean, not your keys, not your coins is the first uh, uh, sentence, the most important thing in Bitcoin. And this is not happening in the Chivo wallet. What, what's your opinion? Well, we're a big proponent of um, self-custody. And I think it's super important for you to do it. That's the whole point of this. And it's just a five-minute conversation for you to really start understanding it, right? Um, and it's fairly simple to to do you just have to accept the responsibility and then take the necessary steps the chivo you know there's there, i think really the bitcoin law is like is so great done you know it's 14 articles super simple it's there um the implementation guidelines is where it really came um and made it more difficult to do because they had you know this strong influence from imf i think And they viewed the Bitcoin network just like a digital payment network, like credit cards. So they were asking for things that on a protocol level, they were not um, possible. For example, cashbacks or like, you know, returns. Um, it's just on a protocol level, it's not possible, right? You send your Bitcoin, that's it. Um, so I think, you know, he, he saw like a, a, a cheeky way to... Grab those guidelines, grab the, the, the law, and then and take out this chivo of what it is. Um, it has good sides in, 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 the, in the aspect that, you know, it has created or banking opportunities for a lot of people that didn't have it. But it's definitely, a, for me, a negative on the side that it's just a big, you know, black box. Nobody knows what's going in, what's going in there. Nobody knows, uh, you know if it's really backed or not, how many dollars are there, how much Bitcoin is there. Nobody can uh, audit this, this, this humongous animal that he's created. And for me, that is just super dangerous, right? Um, but in, again, you know, it's having 
lived in Germany and, and having lived here, there's, a, there's also a very important point that you need to understand where I think it's, there's a big difference. Um, El Salvador's political um, situation is very unique. And I know it's very easy to, to throw in the word uh, dictator and a little mini dictator. But the fact is that Congress is so corrupt here that if you don't have that strong hand, this would never happen, right? So then again, so where do you go? It's it's never clear. I think what I've learned here is that it's never, you know, you have a clear path and it works. I think here you just, things kind of move and, and adapt themselves to the local necessities. And the fact is that Bitcoin is this little Trojan horse of liberty and it's already in there. So whatever happens with him, the seed is planted and there's no way back, right? And and the and the Bitcoin law is very well made. So yes, I'm not a, a big fan. I'm definitely not a fan of, of Chivo. Um I, I think he has a lot of uh, mistakes there, but effectively, and I have to give it to him, he has done a good environment for um competition. Like it is open. You can go there and set your company. I can, you know, our company was set up in in very quick. We, we have a registration from the central bank in El Salvador and everything. And that process went flawless. Like it, it went through in a week. That's like dream time in Latin America. Like it just doesn't happen. You know? Everywhere dream time. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, you know, it's, it has its things. Um, I think, I think for us, for at least for us as Bitcoiners and, and IVEX is just push as much as you can and, 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 you know, take advantage of, of Bitcoin of, of what it is and represents and its values. And I'm sure something good will come out of it. Yeah. And maybe just use another wallet an open source wallet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Own all your Bitcoin too. Well, that's, that's for yeah. sure. So I know that Ipex Mercado that you have worked on, not on the Chivo wallet, but uh, on the ecosystem, right? Is, or, or not? Yes. We manage the lightning channels. Um, we're not doing that anymore, and we did manage the Lightning channels for for some months. Um, now they're doing it themselves for obvious reasons, um, but it was interesting to watch. Uh, we did watch, you know, the zero to a hundred. It was impressive how the technology scaled. Um, within three months, we were already at ten thousand transactions daily, um, and those are numbers that no other platform would be able to scale at this speed, right? And the interesting part of that was also that over, I would say, yeah, 60% of it was uh, transactions under $10. So that's more, um, it's closer to, to, to the reality of, of the migrant, right? That he is able to do this micro remittances immediately in that instant, you know, send $2, $1.50, $5, um, which in Western Union is impossible. Uh, the, Usually what they would do is they would save for a whole week and then send 50 or $100, right? So either they did it every week or every two weeks or every month, but they always had to save and then send. Um, and from those $50, I do know that around 40 is what came out. So $10 was the cost of the transaction, which is super high, right? It's mm -hmm. um, 25%, almost 25% of it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, and now you can send $2.50 to almost zero cost. And, and actually, if you do it through the Chivo ATMs, at zero cost. Um, so, 
So I think that will have a big effect. And I lived it, you know, myself as well. I went to a restaurant here in Guatemala. Um, I had one of the, I had actually this sticker and I wanted to stick it. They had a place with stickers and uh, the manager of the restaurant came like, oh yeah, but you know, what's the sticker? Explain it to me. And I told him, yeah, we're a company, a Bitcoin services company. And she just made a face of like, you know, I don't really want to know about this. But then the cook came in and he was from El Salvador and he said, look, I'm from El Salvador. Yeah, the Bitcoin lock came through. It's a super interesting. And then the whole just environment changed. And I was able to do, you know, the Bitcoin speech and everything. And they put the sticker. It's still there. And, you know, they actually, you know, went into it and, and took action. Um, so I was just it's impressed that I'm sure that will be happening at a bigger scale over time. And, and it'll have an, a, a, you know, an exponential effect, which we're still so early on that we're not uh, seeing it. But we're, we are seeing it, but not at the exponential scale. We're right now just hmm. picking up the curve, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how did you know that uh, it were 10,000 transactions? Because, I mean, uh, lightning transactions in payment channels, you don't, you don't know how many transactions or payments that are. Oh yeah, you, you run the channels. You we have all the we ran the channels, right? So we had our, our yeah, yeah. dashboards. We had all the information. Oh, you know, okay. You mean when you have the full node and run it? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know. But you don't know who the transactions no. are from. That's the thing no. that you, uh -huh. that, that makes that makes it private, uh, opposite exactly. to the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You don't know who. You don't know why. Um, you know, it's just, I, we just see the Bitcoin moving back and forth and that's all, all you can, you can see. So it's, it's interesting. And, and that's the other part of it, right? Because that type of data is necessary to scale up a monetary network. If you're not able to take out data in a productive way, you're not able to show that it works. So I think, you know, that's, that's one of the cool aspects of it and, and just like, went deeper into that rabbit hole. And I think the Lightning Network, we're just really seeing the tip of the iceberg. I mean, for 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 me, for us uh, at Ibex, Bitcoin Lightning is like the email to the internet. This is really what's going to push adoption and um, it's magical to see it happen and scale that fast. Yeah, I think it, it makes it makes Bitcoin really usable. I mean, um, it's much easier, yeah, to, to send, as you said, small amounts to almost really no costs. I mean, it's, it's smaller than, than a euro cent that costs. Yeah. I mean, you can't even explain how small the cost is. <laughs> yeah, and, Sorry. and I see, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of, um, new, um, applications, um, on, on the lightning network, um, coming. It's not only payments. Uh, it's also, you know, the, the podcasters can, uh, get, uh, streaming sats to them or you can, uh, pay YouTubers for their work. And that's also something that's globally possible without uh, permission of anyone. And, and that's the fantastic thing. And that's, I think, what so many people don't get yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, for New Year's, I was uh, in El Salvador at a beach uh, with my family and some friends. And there's this one friend I've talked to about and, you know, back and forth and stuff. And we were on a boat fishing. And the driver of the boat, he, I don't know, for some reason, he like needed $2. I was like, look, I'm going to show you this works. 
I was on a boat and I said two dollars and it came straight up, you know, from my wallet of Satoshi to Chiba wallet and it worked perfectly. And the guy was like, wow, this is awesome. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had the same experience with our Uber driver. Uh, we, we helped him to install a wallet and then we paid uh, for the ride and he was happiest <laughs> as one can be, you know. I mean, yeah. of course, other people are not interested. They don't believe that it's something good. And, 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 and I mean, trust needs to be built over time. Uh, but I think, is, as you say, um, we are still very at the bottom of this exponential curve. Yeah. 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 The more people speak about it, this just becomes stronger. And that's the whole thing of Metcalfe's Law, right? Exactly. And I always say, if you have positive experiences with it, um, then you will tell it to your friends, to your family, and they will start using it too. Yeah. And, and I mean, just recently in the last two, three weeks, uh, Bitcoin has lost, I think, 10,000 US dollars or so in its value. I don't exactly know. Uh, but I think if people can exchange it to US dollars immediately, that doesn't matter too. Yeah. So, because that's, that's one of the main criticisms also, the volatility. Yeah. It's, you haven't been long enough if you're criticizing volatility. I think. It's exactly. Just, I don't even notice it anymore. It's, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. And, and, and to overcome that, you need time. And, and I think within a mm -hmm. year, um, we're going to notice that um, stronger in El Salvador. Because a year is enough time for Salvadorians to say, look, I kept, you know, $1, $2, $5 in, in Bitcoin. And I was, you know, just like putting little amounts over time. And then suddenly, boom, right? So you have to get to that. And and that is like the most difficult part to to overcome, I think, mm. uh, in, in in everybody's journey. That's right. And what do you think are the other countries uh, surrounding El Salvador or in Latin America that will follow with a, a sort of a Bitcoin law? There's, you know, the interesting part of Latin Americans is we're super entrepreneurial, right? Um, and One would think it's a, out of a virtue, but it's really out of necessity. So here, either you're your own like you know business, and you create it and you push your own self, or, or you know it's not going to be that nice of a lifestyle you're going to have. So, um, I'm sorry for my dog. They're really <laughs> doing a big scandal. Hey, funny. Uh, so um, there are a lot of. Congressmen I've seen in different jurisdictions in Panama, I've heard in Colombia and Brazil, um, that they want to be the, you know, the savers. Like they've seen the effect that is happening in El Salvador and they've seen the trajectory of Bitcoin and, and they want to be the ones, you know, that bring the Bitcoin. There's always people that want to be heroes, right? So I think we're seeing that. Now, will it go through or not? That's a different, that's, you know, a whole other level. And that, that's the interesting aspect of El Salvador because he had majority in Congress. And Congress, notoriously in Latin American uh, societies, is the most corrupt place. Like that's, you know, that's where all the snakes are. So if, if you're going to pass a law, you have to give your uh, share, your fair share to everyone that uh, supports the law. And that's just a fact. There's no way talking around this, right? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who pushes this. 
um, the incentive in El Salvador was clear, Chivo, right? I, they pushed this law and everything to be able to build Chivo um, and, and to grow it. If the Bitcoin law wouldn't have been uh, set in motion, Chivo wouldn't have been possible. And Chivo was only possible because through the law, they were able to overcome uh, all the traditional financial uh, ways that you have to, you know, deploy financial services in your jurisdiction. So that's that's why the, the government did it. Now, in all the other ones, you don't have that type of power, concentra that concentration of power. Imagine telling all those congressmen, um, yes, we're going to pass this law so that we can then create this private app and then we can launch this and you're going to have a share in that app. Oof. With all those, you know, egomaniacs in there, nobody's going to be, they're not even going to decide who's going to be the CEO of that company, right? It's going to be crazy. So um, although there's a lot of um, proposals, the only one I'm seriously seeing that are pushing is Brazil. Brazil is really pushing. And, and, and that's an interesting aspect because they're, I mean, they're a powerhouse. That's a real powerhouse with a huge economy that moves a lot of money. And that's the interesting part I've seen about Bitcoin is that the, if you create a market and you grow the market, at one point, the market is so strong that it can't be ignored. So that's why we also focus here in Guatemala with IBEX and you know we've been growing it only on solely on, on, on Bitcoin because that's where you have to be, right? Everything else is... is I mean, and, and I want to be bad about the whole, uh, all the alts. There are, I think, some interesting proposals and in, 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 in projects. I, I'm, I'm sure they're good people with good intentions, right? Um, but the fact is, Bitcoin is the one because whatever you're doing, that you're going to be doing it later on in Bitcoin, and then it's going to really work because it's the only decentralized network. Um, but so the only the first way to create a necessity for this to be built on it is create volume create attraction you know a monetary attraction to it and that's what really sets all the gears in motion of, of for doing things on top mm -hmm. of it now you have to explain to me please because i think i didn't really understand or maybe it's wrong what i understood so the chivo wallet there's a company behind where congress people have shares in it Oh no! I'm, oh yeah! No, the, I mean, the it's a government company. The government yeah. has shares in it. Like the government has, it's the owner. Yeah, of but Chivo. the government, the government. Yeah, yeah. but the, the 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 people, like the Congress people, or the government. Look, I don't think any congressman is the people, right? There's no way they say they represent the people, but effectively they don't anymore. Um, and um, I'm not sure if they have shares or not. I'm, I'm not implying that, but what I can say, which that's how they present themselves, is they're a government company. So whoever the government is has had an interest to, to push this, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, understand. Thanks. Um, so how is uh, the name? What's the name of the Guatemalan currency? Quetzal. Quetzal. Yeah. Um, I read that uh, Guatemala Central Bank Vice President said the bank was studying the possibility of a local digital currency that would be called ICASAL. Uh -huh. I don't know. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. <laughs> to Quetzal Digital, for example. I think that rolls better out of the tongue, but whatever. Um, yeah, they, they wanted to do, they want to do their CBDC. Um, 
I have to admit, I've been, I've talked a couple of times uh, at the Guatemalan Central Bank. Um, I had the opportunity to present them, and we've talked about CBDCs and and at some point, um, you know, it's an it's an interesting aspect. I think there's there's two ways to handle this. Like, um, there's a very obvious reason why they want to have it, right? It's just lower emission costs and it's uh, better control. So that's why you want to push it, uh, and it's dangerous for the people. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it's difficult to say what what would work better or not. Will it be good? Because I think if you create enough um, on and off ramps between CBDCs and, and and Bitcoin, at least as an individual, you have a better opportunity to free yourself because the digitalization of money it's it's already there, and it's not going to go anywhere, right? It's uh, governments are pushing there. So I think it's even more important for you to understand as a person what Bitcoin represents, how you can use it, and how you can protect yourself with it. Um, now, the interesting part of the Guatemalan Central Bank is they are really uh, the only bank that have in Latin America that has managed to stay out of hyperinflation. We are the only Latin American country without hyperinflation. And that makes it very difficult to, you know, do the case for inflation and why you should, you know, go <laughs> yeah. into Bitcoin. But and 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 they're very proud of it. And I think as Guatemalan, I'm proud of that as well. I think they 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 did uh, a great job in the 80s and the 90s to separate politics from the central bank, and and they protected economy for that. And that is one of the main reasons um, our industry has thrived that much because we haven't suffered hyperinflation. Um, now all of this is relative, right? Uh, and one of the great things they like to say is that they're one of the three most stable currencies in the world. Like it's sad, but you know, stable is like <laughs> thanks to the dollar. So yeah, right. Yeah, and it's still money that's built on debt, so it's not yeah. positive money like Bitcoin. It's still debt money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But you know, it's, it has its good things, uh, and and right now. For example, how we do the speech, or how I do the speech when I when I talk to Guatemalan um, entrepreneurs and like um, industry leaders, is look, how much do you trust your government? Right, simple as that. How much do you think we will be able to withhold to stand as a country, as the only Latin American country without hyperinflation? I mean, and nobody trusts the government. Trusts the government, the act that since many governments ago. The distrust is really there. It's very strong. It's 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 very obvious. So that's where it just makes click. And they say, okay, you know, tell me more about this. <laughs> and yeah. we're, we're seeing that effect. And the market is growing. It's it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool. And are there uh, Bitcoin meetups and things like that? Bitcoin communities in Guatemala. I've heard from Bitcoin Lake. Yeah, there's uh, Bitcoin Lake. We just had a, a, a Twitter space there, and we talked with with um, oh, man, I forgot his name right now. Uh, don't want to say his wrong name. Wait a second. But um, yeah, we, we we talked with him, um, James, and um, it's interesting. You know, Bitcoin Lake in itself is just it has a lot of things. It, it brings very it sounds very nice. It has a lot of things that are very interesting. For us, it's 
kind of difficult to push it and, and be too active in there because of the fact that I mentioned you before, we're not able to receive cash and the lake is predominantly a cash economy. So our services are rather limited there. Um, but it's important to do this. And um, as I said before, you know, the, the necessity is really there from the bottom of the pyramid, but somebody has to take the response or just, you know, that huge task of explaining. And I think uh, they're doing that. And, and there's that's the super interesting part of it. And at some point, I'm sure we're going to meet and we'll be able to, to push more. We are pushing as much as we can, but, you know, very relative, right? Not as active as we would like, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But at one point, I will be able. Yeah, cool. So, and and Ibex is a place where people can exchange uh, money, like from their bank account or credit cards to Bitcoin? Not credit cards. We only take... Um, Deposits, ATM deposits. So we're, we're very modeled like Swan in the US. So Okay, can, have... can you expl explain a little bit for people who are not familiar? Okay, sure. Um, so first and foremost, we do not encourage you to sell your Bitcoin. Like literally, if you sell our instructions to our agents is to discourage the sell of your Bitcoin and actively explain why you shouldn't sell your Bitcoin. We've managed that to, uh, a lot. Um, And we have two services. So we have a web app where you can do it all by yourself um, for amounts under $5,000. And then we have this um, WhatsApp chat where you have a sales agent, which is, I think, very interesting, also dynamic. Here, people want to talk to someone, to a real person. They want somebody to explain it to them, to you know say, hi, how's it going? How's the price? There's different type of customers, but... In general, um, the Guatemalan or the Latin American likes to speak to a person when they're doing something important. And this is money, so it is important. And we've given it that importance, and I think that's why we've grown so much. Um, so you talk to a real agent. You, we, you do the whole KYC process and all that. And um, then you just deposit to our bank account, and we send within an hour um, the Bitcoin to your wallet, which is your wallet. So the interesting part is our agents explain to you how to self-custody. And, and our web app is geared totally on buy your Bitcoin here and then take it out and send it to your own wallet. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, super. And um, where can people find uh, Ibex? Uh, it, like you don't have a brick and mortar place. We do have an office. We do have an office, um, but it's not like... People, certain type of, you know, VIP customers get to go to the office. Um, but yeah, we do have an office where we have our sales agents and we have our programmers. Um, but other than that, really, um, for example, I work from home. We have other people that, that work um, from Fana and from far away. Our team has grown internationally. Um, but it's not like, yeah, it's not like you go to a place and, and we encourage it's all over WhatsApp. So ibexmercado.com is the website. I have it here. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and there you have all your our services, which I think, you know, the interest, no, the Bitcoin brokerage services are biggest one to date just because it's the oldest. But Ibex Pay has grown so much. And I think for me the, right now, it's the most exciting one because we open that service worldwide. So you can go to our website and, You know, just put your name, your email, your uh, on-chain address, 
And one day later, you get an email and you can uh, go into your own website and then you can do your own Bitcoin per payment terminal, what we call. So you can, you know, receive Bitcoin payments in Lightning. Everybody oh, in the world, if you keep it 100% Bitcoin, anybody in the world can do it. So it's, uh, you don't take a fee? Yeah, we take a fee. It's minor, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for the service, minor. yeah. For the service and the platform, you get an Excel sheet. You can do your cash outs. So it allows you to, you know, do all the bookkeeping in, in a way that as a business you're used to. Um, and the fee is is 0.7%. So, you know. Okay, yeah, that's that's really not much. Uh, if you think about the fact that how much does Visa take? 3.5? Or five yeah. percent, I don't know, yeah. or PayPal, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it varies, yeah. So it really is nothing, and that's what the Internet of Money allows you to do. Services around this that really are going close to zero. Exactly. Awesome. So last question: uh, What do you think? Uh, what are you missing in the public discourse about Bitcoin, or what annoys you in the public discourse? Uh, course, there's. Many annoying things, but I'm a very positive person, so I always focus on where, where you know the opportunities. And I think people, um, in general, will always take the more annoying things because that's just easier to say. So one of the things that is is the whole volatility thing. Oh, it's too volatile, and that's why it's like, dude, you're not getting it. It's not about. It's like, um, you know, it's it is volatile, undeniably, but you just look at the big picture, right? And in it's the price at which you buy Bitcoin is completely irrelevant. It's not important at all. The only thing that is matters is how much time you're in this, and that's what's going to de determine your yeah, um, your success if you want to measure it. You know, for a lack of word. Um, but in general, I think it's just hold your Bitcoin and never sell. That's the whole point of this, right? Being able to own a, a piece of of the technology which right now 10% of society on a global scale is, I mean, I'm exaggerating here probably, is understanding. And in the next 10 years, 90% will be using. So as Latin Americans, we've never had that opportunity to participate in a technology with such exponential growth ahead of it. So I think it's very important to, to understand that. That's what I advocate always. And um, when you just, you know, But it is annoying. Like if there's annoying, it's the volatility part that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. People, um, not people, Esteban, what's your Twitter handle? Where can people find you and follow you? Thanks. Um, my Twitter is Yengmo. It's uh, written Y-E-N-G-M-O. Um, yeah, it's my digital alias. You know, I've had it since, I don't know, 1998 or something like that with my first email, which I still have, which is funny. And um, yeah, I grew, but then, you know, at one point you, you come out public, you can see my face. So, um, and you're still yeah. Yangmo. <laughs> I'm still Yangmo, yeah. People call me, some, some, some people call some me Some things Yangmo. don't change. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, this interesting uh, discussion and your your thoughts on El Salvador and Guatemala. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, maybe I come visit uh, this year if COVID allows. Oh, please. You're more than welcome. You know, you have your <laughs> Okay, thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
That's it. Thanks for joining. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please recommend this show to your friends and subscribe to it on YouTube and in your podcast app. See you next week or maybe in two weeks when it's time for the Anita Post Show. 